0: There is so much stuff that you can do. Like it really is. If you're a brand new entrepreneur and you're starting out, it's just like, oh my goodness, where do I start? Because there's so many decisions that you can make. We tend to not even make one decision. So pick one platform that you most align with and start there and just think about how can I add value?
1: We're on a mission. We're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Explore their highs, their lows, and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time. Now let's level up together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Smarter Destiny podcast. And I am stoked today. I am stoked because today we have Rebecca Louise on the show. Who is Rebecca Louise? Rebecca is the founder and CEO of Rebecca Louise fitness. She has two million followers on Instagram and half a billion views on YouTube. Of what you ask? Okay so she (laughs) creates workout videos, she motivates you through the screen, through the pixels and generally is a very fun, energetic and incredible being to be around and that shows in the number of her followers. In addition to that and perhaps more importantly she is also the creator of the BTES There we go, App, the number one motivation and fitness app with customers in over 50 countries, that's 5.0. It's specifically for women who want to get and stay in shape and much, much more. You can download it on all of the app stores. And in her spare time, she also authored the best-selling book, It Takes Grit. And she's clearly doing an amazing job right now, folks, because she has also been nominated for the American Influencer of the Year award, despite being a fellow Brit. Woohoo! Amazing. Without further ado, let's welcome her to the stage. Rebecca, how's it going?
0: Wow, I want to wake up to that every single day. I'm just going to play that on record and be like, fire me up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Where else in the world are you? Because you're British, but you're not in Britain. Tell us.
0: Yes, uh, that's very, very true. I actually came to America when I was 22 years old. I've been here for 11 years. I now reside in Corona Del Mar, which is near Newport Beach in Southern California. So I really do feel like I'm living the dream.
1: Uh, amazing. And um, yeah, that kind of proximity to, you know, the weather and the beaches and the, and the, and the lovely and stuff is uh, is incredible. But, you know, of course, it's the same in the UK, as you know, and that's probably why you left it behind all those years (laughs) yes i left the palm trees for other palm trees (laughs) exactly exactly yeah it's beautiful here don't look it up on google right so what we like to do on this show rebecca is we like to go back in time we like to go back to a point in your story typically a point of conflict typically a point of mixing things up but most notably a point that serves in your memory as a logical starting off point for your entrepreneurial journey if you've got a time in mind could you take us back there paint us a word picture make us feel like we're there over to you
0: yeah oh my goodness first of all thank you so much for having me on the show i'm fired up for this and uh you know it's funny they talk about the entrepreneurial journey and the thing that clicked in my head as soon as you said it was i used to actually sell fake chloe bags on ebay so probably not the best way to start off, but I remember, cause I had no money. I, I think I was like 14 or 15 years old. And I remember like searching on Google um, about where you could get bags made, right? So I was doing all of this research and I really remember like visually sitting in my, my, my parents' house in the study upstairs, because all British homes have two floors. Americans, they just have like one floor. It's completely different. And was, we don't have that. We need to start putting British flags outside of our houses as well. <laughs> and so, so I'm like in the upstairs and I remember, cause you could see out into the garden and I was sat there on our computer, you know, the old school, the old school, like gateway, gateway computers that were like really wide, like absolutely huge. And I remember just sitting there like researching how to get these bags. And I think that like one of these uh, Chloe bags was like 50 pounds, maybe 30 to 50 pounds, but I didn't have any money. I, was, uh, I used to do babysitting. I had a paper round. I used to work in a paper merchant all up until like the age of 16. So I've always worked. I've always wanted uh, to, to make income. And I remember going, okay, so I need 50 pounds to buy this one bag. And so I remember going to TJ Maxx and there was this little white like quilted bag. And I went into, I can't remember what's the, uh, the classic like uh, fabric store in, in, a, in my hometown in Eastbourne. I remember going in and buying some black fabric and sewing two cc's for Chanel on. So <laughs> I had this little bag. It was like the white quilted one. And I think it was about five, five to 15 pounds for this bag. And then I actually sewed on the cc, like cut it all out, made it look like a Chanel bag. And I sold that on eBay because that was like when eBay had like just come out it was so fun. You do all the auctions. I remember going over to my granddad's house who was basically a failed entrepreneur. He'd gone bankrupt 13 times. So like I feel like he made all of the mistakes for me. Um, I've never gone bankrupt. So I think he just like got all of that out of his life uh, to make me successful in mine. And I remember I had this bag and I sold it on eBay and I made like 50 pounds. And then that's when I went on and used that money to go buy one of the Chloe bags that I then sold for like 250. Now this, by the way, is not the way to start a business because it's actually (laughs) illegal, right? So I'm not telling you to go out and do this and actually my PayPal got banned um, for a period of time because they were like, "Uh, these are fake bags. But if I'm being completely honest and I'm transparent, I am an open book. Um, But that is how I started off at about 15, 16 years old, was, uh, was selling fake Chloe bags on eBay.
1: Amazing, and not just selling. I mean, manufacturing and selling, right? Like, (laughs) like the sweatshop, but you were the boss, so it was okay, you know, as well, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, that's incredible, and and I mean, I think still to to the day, eBay doesn't really sell anything that's real, anyway. So you know, it's it 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 hasn't changed much, although clearly you have. What other things are notable in the transition period from making fake, c sewed bags to present day what's some what are some other sort of highlights in your this is your life story
0: yeah I think I mean I moved to America um, I moved to America at 22 but I moved to London at 19 so after I did all my chloe bag stuff, I actually, uh, I never wanted to go to university. I wanted to get a degree. So I tried to teach myself a degree online. I didn't ever actually get a degree. I decided that after like four years, I was not going to finish it. And I wanted to work on my business. But at 19, 18 years old, um, I was had the opportunity to be on a TV show in England. And it was called Get Me the Producer. And it took 12 people who have potential to be a television producer. It was the same as The Apprentice. It was like directed and produced by the same person who does Dragon's Den and The Apprentice. And they took two different teams. And each week, somebody is given a producer, the researchers and the runners. And you have to go off and you make your TV program. And so I got so much experience from like having to act on your feet. And I remember going for the audition, which I thought was an interview. So I had, you know, just done my A-level. So I'm like 18 years old. I didn't want to go to university. I didn't want to take a gap year. I wanted to work. Like I was ready like straight away. And I think, and if I look back, I remember at 14 years old, you don't have to go and do your like work experience, right? You you go into a school, you go to Tesco's or like whatever, right? You're just doing something. I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to do something different. I want to go to London. And I lived an hour and a half away from London, but I used to babysit for somebody who worked in marketing in London. So I remember at 14 years old, everybody was going off and, you know, working at Tesco's is their work experience. And I was getting the train up with this guy and it started to expose me because when your mind expands, it can't go back to its original state. So at 14 years old, I was exposed to like what working like would be in, in London. And if you think about it, you look back and he was a mentor. Like He was a mentor because he took me under his wing. He would give me random little tasks to do. I'd be running around London at 14 years old, like trying to just figure out stuff. And so I think that that's what gave me the vision because when you put yourself in another environment, it makes you think differently. And so I had that experience at 14 years old. And that's what I was attracted to. I was like, I want to be in London. I want to be around these people. And so I never had the desire to want to go to university because I saw university as getting drunk and, and, and like not really doing much. And that to me, like scared me. I was like, this is just not the, the vision that I had for myself. So when I was uh, finished up my A-levels, I remember like going for all of these different jobs online. I'm gonna try and figure out that I'm gonna have a job in London. And I got the train up and I thought I was going for an interview. And I got in this line and there's 4,000 people. I was like, this is not a job interview. Like, I don't know where I'm at, but I'd already got the train up there. I'm going to be there. And so I went through all the audition processes and I was one of the final 12. And the things that they would do in the audition was like, there'd be this big like black bag and there'd be like different like objects in it. And you'd have to pick out an object and make a TV program up like that. So I think that uh, my creativity was just like exposed at such a young age. And I was put into this environment where we were competing each week. And I got to go down, you know, got to in the red carpet at the national TV awards and like a two and a half thousand dollar dress. Like I was exposed to this kind of opportunity. And I just wanted to learn, like I didn't get paid for that TV show. Like I would have paid to be on it. And I've yeah. always had that mindset of like, what can I learn? What can I learn? Not like, what can I get from it? Like, I'm thinking like, what can I get from you from learning? But not necessarily about the money, if I really look back, because I was broke until about eight years ago. And so, you know, I I did this TV show um, and then I was like, right, well, I want to move to London. And I have, you know, reached out to like, I don't know, 200 recruitment agencies. And everyone's like, because I wanted to work in a bank. This is where it like, it went a bit (laughs) weird. Because my boyfriend at the time worked for Goldman Sachs. And uh, I was like, well, if you want to live in London and you need money, just go work for a bank. Now, he actually broke up with me after the TV show. And I remember getting an, uh, a text message on my phone saying, check your email when you get home. Because that's how old I am that we don't, didn't have email on our phones back then. And, uh, and he'd actually broken up with me because he was like, I don't want to be in the public eye when this TV show comes out. And I was devastated. But he did give me the vision of how I could get to London. So I wrote to like 200 recruitment agencies. I'm going to work for a bank. And um, it was crazy. I got a job offer at HSBC Bloomberg and Citigroup. Um, I took the one at Citigroup starting off at 27,000 pounds a year. And I moved to London because I was like, here I am. I'm going to make myself in London. And I actually moved opposite him because I had nowhere else to know where to live in London. So like, I moved opposite. So he probably thought that I was stalking him um and, and moved opposite to him and then started working for a bank and i kind of did that for eight months and that's the only time i've ever been employed i've only been employed for eight months and i was a terrible employee um because i just they, they weren't giving me enough work like i didn't feel like there was enough that i could do during the day um but i got to learn so much because i was working canary wharf like i worked in corporate um and then i just went off and i was a club promoter i was in girl bands i was going out for auditions and I think that that's one big thing as an entrepreneur that I got so many rejections, like through that period of time, like you're too small, you don't have the right hair color, all these auditions I was going for to be backing dancer or TV host, you know, it just doesn't affect me now when somebody says no, right? Cause that's as an entrepreneur, our job is to talk to people, to invite them into our, to our vision. Um, and then I had all this craziness that happened in London and at 22 years old, Uh, we had that volcano ash cloud that happened in iceland a plane landed and i was walking behind my uh, sofa in london watching the news plane landed and i had a bit of crazy stuff i won't go into it right now but a bit of crazy stuff that happened in london where i was like i gotta get out of this this place a plane landed and i went "Fuck it i'm gonna be a pilot and three months (laughs) later i was in america flying airplanes and uh that was that was 11 years ago so yeah, that's that's my real quick story of, of how I got to the USA. But it really is. It's been about taking risks and just saying yes and figuring it out later.
1: Wow. I, I mean, actually, the three months to becoming an airline pilot or flying aer- airplanes was it was is a thing that that even that like the, the last sentence there is <laughs> that's that's expedited to the max. That um, but I mean, right. Where where do we start? We we. So you're a banker, you're a girl bands, you're a pilot, um, uh, you are you were floating around, you're in the in the public eye, and you found yourself through uh, walking behind your sofa and seeing a plane on TV, uh, in the airline industry, and now in America. Okay, right, okay, so here we are. We're 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 in America. Um, you're obviously liking it. At what point? did you begin to venture into the, putting your content online space? Yeah. So I came
0: at 22, um, I got all the, the money together, came over here and uh, I did my pilot's license, took like you know, after deciding that I wanted to come to America, three months later I'm here. And then I did my pilot's license probably for, for a year. Um maybe even like eight eight months. And then I came back to the UK and did all of my written exams I have Oxford Aviation. So I went to freaking ground school for six months with a shirt, my tie, athletes here, and I was a class captain as well. And we would do school during the week and I had an apartment with a hot tub at the weekend. So I was like the party, but also very strict that we gotta be on time in a class. And I, that, that was the time where after I completed and I finished all of those exams, so I'm really proud to say that I, I passed them all because it's like a freaking degree. Like, I don't know why I'm learning about going 70 north and 300, 370 nautical miles east, what long latitude would be about. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Go on your GPS. It's going to tell you, right? Um, but I passed all of those. And I remember I was actually dating my flight instructor at the time. So we actually had a long distance relationship because he was American. And um, I grew up watching Laguna Hills on MTV. And I was like, one day, Lauren Conrad, I'm going to be driving down PCH in my convertible car. We're going to be hanging out and going lunch together. And that's honestly why I chose Southern California to come and do my pilot's license. Because there's two great places to do it in America. And the reason that you want to do it in America is the fuel is cheaper, it's quicker, the weather's better. So you're just going to get it done much faster than if you were to in the UK. I'd already been to Florida as a kid. So I was like, I've already done that. California was the other option. I didn't know anybody in California but I was like, that sounds like a great place. I should definitely go there. So didn't know anybody. I came here, I got my license, went back to the UK, did all my rent exams. And the next step was actually to go and do like your license to convert from a US uh, to, a, to a European so that I could go for an interview for an airline. And I just remember thinking, I, I don't know I do not want to go in an interview for an airline I'm, like, I'm not gonna be able to answer any of these questions like I really don't know like I don't I don't know I don't think I'm good enough for this like I've already've flown solo and I've put all my hours in but I was like this is not my ultimate passion. It's not what I was put on this earth to do. It was just like a, a blip of like I'm gonna just try something else and so I got a visa to come and uh, live in the states. It was an 01 visa so a work visa that I would get for three years. I came over to the States and I was like, you know what? My British accent, it's gonna do great. Like I always wanted to be a TV host, like Blue Peter was what I watched like growing up as a kid. I was like, I'd love to be a Blue Peter presenter. And I was like, I'm gonna go to America and everyone's gonna love my British accent. Well, turns out a load of British people here trying to do the same fucking thing. I was like, okay. But I think that the thing that made the massive shift is I didn't wait until I could like lease a car because in America it takes a while to get your social security to lease a car. I was like, I need to rent a car immediately. So within like the first five days, I already had a car that I could go and go to auditions and I had this bright red Fiat. And if you've ever driven in LA, it is confusing. You don't know if you're getting a parking ticket, you're getting towed or if you're safe, but the 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 street signs, is very confusing. And I got a parking ticket like the the first day. But within the first three weeks, I went for an audition to be on a YouTube channel and YouTube had just kind of started out. Like it wasn't really a big thing. I didn't know much about it. And um, I went for this audition for a fitness channel. They'd only been filming for six weeks. They had a guy who was the main guy and then they had two girls behind like kind of doing the workout. They just didn't like who their host was or the direction. I didn't even have my personal training license. But it doesn't matter, right? I was like, I'll get that afterwards. I grew up playing sports. I was a South of England field hockey player. I played soccer. I was sports captain at school, trained dancer. Um, So I, I had that and then I loved TV presenting. So here I am in the audition working out and talking. I'm like, this is my one talent in life, talking and working out at the same time. I fucking crushed this shit. So I was like, brilliant. They gave me the job and they paid me $40 per episode. And that channel we filmed just for 18 months. That channel's now three like million subscribers. They don't even post anymore. But during that time, we created like 600,000 subscribers in that first like 18 months. And that's really what gave me the confidence to be like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, I'm meant to motivate people uh, to work out and move their bodies and feel good. And after that 18 months, that's when I got introduced to personal development. And I've started to really incorporate that aspect into working out. So yeah, that's basically how I got all the way from England and transitioned into YouTube over in the US
1: an incredible incredible story so so that that channel that you that you started that wasn't yours and you you acted is that is that what your channel is nowadays or did you actually pivot into your own um channel at some point
0: yeah so we filmed on that last channel for 18 months and then they just stopped filming because they weren't really about building a community they were really about like how can we make some money out of this and they were doing really great at the time and it took after we stopped filming I started creating workout videos, but I put everything like in a subscription. Like I hid all my content because I'm like, people have already got my stuff on YouTube. Like I, you know, I wanted to kind of make a subscription model. But what I realized after about six months is that I was stopping my exposure to be able to find new people. And so I actually, it took me about a year and a half to get the confidence to build my own YouTube channel. And so, yeah, I remember posting my first video and it was interesting because I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I've already built this like massive channel. I'm starting again at one subscriber, one view, like, you know, and you're just watching it kind of like try to catch up to the other channel. But yeah, it took me about 18 months to get the confidence with people still saying like, we want more workouts from you. Like, where are you? We want to see you back on YouTube. And so now I've got my own channel that I've had for about five, six years. um, And it's, you know, almost 700,000 subscribers. So it's really exciting to see that grow um to see where you came from and and to to branch off and do it yourself
1: amazing all right so you um as 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 we introduced in the introduction are a bona fide influencer you've been nominated for the american influencer of the year so you've been recognized um as if you needed that recognition for being someone with with influence you have was it two million two million followers on instagram and seven hundred thousand subscribers on youtube so for those people out there who either have uh, a presence already or are looking perhaps they're in the building up the 18 month building up their confidence kind of stage one is it still possible to build up um, a decent sized following on um, social networks nowadays two how has it changed, what's it look like in 2021? And three, would you suggest other platforms to the ones that you've grown on?
0: I definitely think that it's possible to do it right now because people don't need experts, they want help. So if you have already been through something in your life and people want to hear that. People want to be moved and changed by your story. And then my great mentor, Rory Baden says all the time, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So if you are worried that like, oh, I'm going to go on YouTube or Instagram and it's not going to grow, you're doing it for the wrong reason. That's where you got to get the mindset shift. Like, not like, oh, is it going to work? Am I going to be able to grow to this? Absolutely. Anything is possible. There's more people now on social media than there were 10 years ago. You know, more and more countries are getting access to, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of the platforms. So more people are going to be there for us to be able to facilitate and help. But really it comes to the question of like, what do you want to add value on? Because you don't need to have a big audience to monetize it. You don't have to have a big audience To make money you don't have to have a big audience to to feel important to feel significant so i think the question is is like don't worry about how big it's gonna get just worry about like do you feel called to share your story or to share the value that you have to offer because you want to help somebody else does that make sense
1: absolutely absolutely and the and the that will make sense to the audience listening as well the third part of the question was the channel so, so we've we've had the rise and, frankly, possibly fall of Clubhouse. We've we've got Snapchat. We've got TikTok. We've got other uh, sort of live shopping experiences and, and and so on. All all on the horizon or, or, or making it mainstream. What do you like, If you had to do it again now, where would you be uh, putting putting your effort in? We've got sorry. We've got Instagram Reels. We've got all the rest. of the, We've got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of places. There
0: is. There is so much stuff. And I just spoke about this. Um, I was actually speaking at an event for uh, real estate, um, people uh, the other weekend. And I was talking about the importance of building your own personal brand. So it doesn't matter if you're in real estate, if you're a doctor, if you're a dentist, like if my dentist is on Instagram, like I want to see their face and I want to see like the type of surgery place or the, 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 the facility that I'm going into. So I believe that everybody needs a personal brand right? Because it just gives makes you feel confident. And it's just going to give you the one up on like, you know, you're looking for young people now, they're not even going to use Google, they're going to use, you know, Instagram to find their next dentist, they're going to find Instagram to find, you know, someone that can help them because they want to see real life, they want to see what it's like right now, not a curated website that's been built with like, you know, whatever stock photos, they want to see like patients going in and out, it's gonna make you feel confident. So I think that one personal branding is going to be, is so important for everybody. It doesn't matter what you do, but for what platform that you need to build that brand on, it really depends on you. Like, are you somebody who's more photos? You're going to go on Instagram. Like, where is your target gra- demographic? Like Facebook is going to be slightly older people. You know, if you want to get the younger people, it's TikTok, it's Snapchat. Like the kids now, they don't even use text message. They just Snapchat each other. Um, you know, if you're going to be doing Instagram, you know, use all of the features, use the reels, use the videos, use the IGTV so that you can add value in different ways. Cause some of your audience are going to enjoy, you know, watching Reels. some of them are going to enjoy being able to scroll across with the IGTV. Like, you know, sometimes when I'm posting a workout, I do a couple of different moves that they can swipe across. So I really am like mixing that up for them. So I think most importantly, is you find one platform that you align with most, And you just crush that and you focus on that. And then you expand to the next one because there's so many, there's so much stuff that you can do. Like it really is. If you're a brand new entrepreneur and you're starting out, it's just like, oh my goodness, where do I start? Because there's so many decisions that you can make. We tend to not even make one decision. So pick one platform that you most align with and start there. And just think about how can I add value? Ask your audience what are the questions that they have. You know, I was talking to the real estate people. I'm like, you could have a 100 questions that people ask you on a daily basis, right? 100 questions in any industry. All you do is you write all those questions down and you answer it the, for them, people in video, in video format, in photos, or whatever it is. That's literally the simplicity of it. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to say, just don't know what to post, what questions do people ask you and just reply to that in the content?
1: Amazing. And now, what does your production, uh, crew team look like right now you're um, both both um, whilst you're doing it and then and then post uh, editing posting all of that that stuff what does your team look like who's in it
0: yeah I have an amazing team um, I have uh, four people that work like full time for me and I have a video uh, videographer that comes and does the workout videos and maybe we'll film some of the podcasts and some of the lifestyle videos as well that we shoot and so the the workout stuff is completely like streamlined like we know exactly the types of shots that we want I basically go on set, film that. They upload it to the drive. They send it to one of my team members who then send it to our editor. Um, we have an editor that we've been using for like the last like four years who's just like phenomenal, that just knows our brand, that knows what we need on it every time. So, but at the beginning, it was me. And at the beginning, it was me who filmed it by myself on a $150 Sony camera. And in fact, funny story, I still have the Sony camera because it has like so much like sentimental value. It's so light. It's like ridiculous. And so I would set the camera up and I would be like on a beach or whatever. I had no mic, like um, the workout clothes were just like the old stuff that I had. And I would get into the shop. I'd like press play. I'd like run up and down, make sure that my arms were in shot. I'd come back round, press it and make sure that I was in frame. Well, six months later, I realized that you could actually flip the screen round. So I didn't even need to actually like do this and, and, and press play and pre-record myself. But that's how I started off. I started off you know, filming the videos myself and then editing them on iMovie, like with the terrible like blue and the, the, the red stuff, like that's what I basically used. And then I would upload them um, myself into a Squarespace website where everybody had the same password. So I didn't have an app developer. I didn't have like a whole team. And, you know, I had like a thousand members who were all logging in with the same password because like I didn't know how to make like individual like passcodes, but I was, you know, still trying to, you know, make some income. So it really doesn't matter where you start. Now I've got a great setup where I have my videographer. he sets up. We've got better cameras. Um, I have, you know, a, a videoing team. Everything is set. Somebody else even posts it for me on YouTube. But you know, that's eight years in the making. You know, eight years ago I started, you know, putting the, the videos up on on YouTube. Maybe even ten. I can't remember. I'm just um. I feel so old, as I say, like one of the OGs on on uh, YouTube. But really, it's just like it's not worrying about like like what you have. Like use what you have in that moment and then just keep building onto it now you know i'm so blessed that i just get to be that well i say that i just get to be the talent online i'm still managing like the whole team and and doing a lot of things um but that's really where i'm working to next is like how can i just get to a place where my only role is to really just be in front of the camera
1: phenomenal phenomenal and so that brings us on. So the the, the subscriber the subscription. I, I love that. They're like it's like. Well, I don't know how to create different users. So like, hopefully, well, I'll just trust that there would be a few people that might cancel. But whatever. Like everybody, the passwords, password one, <laughs> log in right. Uh, I, I love that. But nowadays, um, you have something a little bit more sophisticated in the B T E S app that we introduced as the number one motivation and fitness app. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yes. And I remember it's so funny because I had a manager about five years ago and they told me that I wasn't ready for an app. They were like, no. And the reason that they said I wasn't ready was because at the end of an event, I didn't have enough people coming up, having selfies with me. Like that's how they measured. If you were ready for like a subscription, I was like, um, okay, well you're just going to lose out on your 20% because I'm going to do this anyway. And so I had the idea for the app. I was already creating something on, on Squarespace with everyone the same password. I was like, should probably upgrade this. And I wanted a fitness app. And so that was three and a half years ago. Um, I created it. I I did all the mock-up. I found an app developer. It was shit. The first time it came out, it looked fucking terrible, right? But it's like, just start somewhere. And then the app came out and we just kept updating it. And I've worked with, oh my goodness, probably 10 different app developers over the last three and a half years. So if you can get through app development, you can get through anything. Like it's nearly been like the absolute death of me because you know, I'm good at technology. I can use WordPress, but like, I don't know all the back ends of, of, of app and mm. you don't really know what they're telling you, like how true everything is. And then, you know, you know, they don't really care that Karen and West Virginia can't log into her app, you know, so they're being slow and whatever. So it's been a really interesting journey, but I'm, I'm so proud of the app that we have now. Um, it stands for burn tone, elevate, strengthen. So it is. It's, you know. It's it's, all, it's got loads of workouts in it every single day that you get a workout. We have a whole mindset section in there as well because personal development and gratitude is so key and important to me. Um, and it's just been amazing. I have other trainers on the app as well now. I have coaches that help with the nutrition side. Uh, so it's just incredible, like how everything has expanded um, and just the community that we've built around it. It's just been it's been a real journey, but I'm so proud of the product that we have today.
1: Uh, amazing and. Um... I I think so. There's a number of takeaways here before we before we segue. There's a number of takeaways here. First off, I love the the sort of just fake it until you make it approach. Literally faking bags um, was was the start, but just like just fucking put whatever you can within your power and iterate and improve. And I think so many entrepreneurs get stuck building. 90% finished bridges that they're trying to make perfect, but a bridge that is only 90% of the way across is utterly pointless, like an uncompletely unbuilt bridge, right? It doesn't work. And entrepreneurs often do that, and, and and actually looking at whatever it is you're producing in terms of versions, and getting just the minimum viable product out that, that, that does, pretty much what it's meant to do and then iterating and improving, iterating, improving based on the feedback which you can't possibly get until people are actually using it anyway um, is, is such an important way of doing things and you've clearly mastered uh, that that technique to the point where now you know it's it's colorful and glossy and whatever on the on the app development yes um so i have a software development company i have built apps in the past and oh my god yeah the the coding for for apps it's just another friggin level and it's different for iphone different for android different for blah, blah, blah. yeah yeah I, I don't envy that and particularly when you're just sort of trusting developers as well like are you scamming me is this right is that the right it's very 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 difficult um but you have achieved so much um i mean not just all of the other things right like the pilot license and the and the the tv shows and and, uh, the banking qualifications and and so on but in terms of just within this this fitness space um you've you've achieved so much i love that you're working in um, personal development into that as well i encourage everybody listening to get your stuff And so you need to tell us where can they find you and get your stuff?
0: Yeah, I am all over social media. Uh, Rebecca Louise Fitness on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, We're on Pinterest. We're on Instagram. Rebecca Louise uh, Fitness everywhere. Uh, If you go to my website, Rebecca-Louise.com, if you click on challenges, you can join our free monthly challenges. And we also have a podcast called It Takes Grit, which comes along with a book as well, which is an Amazon bestseller as well, It Takes Grit. So loads of things happening, but yeah, personal development has just been a a huge thing for me. You know, one of my uh, amazing... You know, mentors uh, really just introduced me to it and got me just to think about things in a different way. And I think when you think when you look at things differently, the things that you look at will change. That's what Jim Rohn always says. And uh, and when I've really started to, to tap into that and come from a place of gratitude, um, it really has shifted a lot of things for my
1: entrepreneurial journey as well. Amazing. And there was one other quote that you said from your from your mentor who who talked about um, your helping the old you. What was the exact quote? Which one was that? So uh, it it was a mentor who advised that when you're when you're teaching or when you're putting things out online, you're actually just um, helping an old version of yourself. Yes. um,
0: Yes. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were.
1: There we go. Mm -hmm. That is an incredible amazing T-shirts made for that. That That's an incredible, incredible quote. All right. Okay. so at this point in the show, we mix it up we go into the rapid fire question round. I ask the questions quickly. You can choose the speed in which you return my serves. Are you up for that? I
0: am always up for it. Let's do it.
1: Are you two thumbs up, up for that? There they are. All right, question number one, Rebecca, let's go. If you ever had to start again, how would you make your money?
0: If I had to start again, I would be really conscious of email building lists. I think that's one big thing, emails and text messages. Uh, So we don't own Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, but what we do own is emails. So just really getting people to bring in their emails and their text messages. Like if you can really work on the text message stuff, that's gonna be huge.
1: And push notifications now that you've got an app. Yes. Oh yes, that's a powerful one. What's the most common or biggest mistake leaders make?
0: Biggest mistake that leaders make, I think is often sometimes forgetting that they still need to be a student. You know, leaders are people who create change. And if we don't remain a student and connecting with those people who are just brand new in the company, or brand new at something. So you wanna always get ideas from everybody because sometimes we get into that managerial role and we forget about those people who actually are closest to our customers. So always make sure that we are including everybody when you've got your team meetings, include those people who are just started at your company or started in the the, organization because they're often gonna be the one that's gonna bring you the new fresh idea.
1: Beautiful. Who is a great leader whether alive or dead and why?
0: So my favorite is Jim Rohn. Um, he was actually Tony Robbins' mentor, and so I just think that his foundations and his core values—that's um, what I really align with. And he he talks about, you know, if you want to if you want to be if you want to get better, like if you want to have your your job to be better, like you have to get better. It's all about you, and you will have a hundred percent responsibility with zero excuses to get better on yourself. So you know, he is he is my uh, my my favorite.
1: And where do you recommend people start? Um, start their Jim Roan uh, learning tunnel.
0: YouTube, go to YouTube and just search Jim Rohn. Like he just has such a powerful voice as well. Um, that I think that YouTube would be the best best place to start.
1: Beautiful. How do you hire top talent?
0: Ooh, hiring people is hard. Uh, I think it's really referrals. Um, I, I mean, when you're first getting started, like i'm honestly like i was just picking people who i felt had great energy that's one of the big things but now i'm actually really focused as i am you want to hire for where you're going not for where you're at if that's one of the biggest advices i can give you is don't hire for where you're at hire for where you want to go so if you want to scale if you want to get you know if you want to grow quicker even though it's gonna might cost a little bit more to somebody who's like epic it might be even if it's going to cost a little bit more to find those really epic people, it's going to be worth it because you want to hire for where you're going,
1: not for where you're at. Beautiful. What is one of your proudest moments?
0: Oh, one of my proudest moments. I think when I landed the plane when I flew solo for the first time and I didn't crash it and I didn't die. And then I remember calling my mom and being like, I just flew solo because I wasn't going to call her before because she would have been like panicking. Um, But that was one of my proudest moments, I think was landing the plane safely Um, and another proud moment, you know, was when my book, you know, hit Amazon bestseller. I think that was an amazing moment for me. Um, and a couple of years ago, I was the face of the fitness brand, Lecoq Sportif over in South Korea. And they flew me over there and I got to be in like Allure, Cosmopolitan and Vogue magazine. And, um, it was amazing to be the face of their brand. So a couple of my favorite moments right
1: there. Really, really impressive highlight reel there of proudest moments. What's one interesting fact about you that not many people would know?
0: Well, I guess the pilot thing, that that's probably what I would have gone to because nobody ever looks at me and goes, oh my goodness, like you fly aeroplanes. Um, honestly, I think that you would be surprised how you know a lot of people especially as a female you get prejudged you get prejudged just like oh you're a cute fitness person who like does workout videos online no no no. i know everything that's going on in my business and nothing can get past me and i think that that is honestly been the biggest shock for people when i've worked with uh i've worked with app developers or people that want to come into a partnership it's like oh rebecca really knows what she's doing and she knows every area and she doesn't forget anything because i am so organized
1: Beautiful. What daily routines do you have, whether morning or evening, that have helped make you more successful?
0: Uh, you know, it's crazy. Over the last like three months, I feel like my routine has just been like all over the place because I have been traveling so much. And I think that's a, a key thing is to give yourself some grace when you do fall off like some routines. Um, but for me, I I've always have my healthy breakfast shake. Like that's just like a go to. It's just become like a natural habit. One thing that I love to do is set up meditation music in the morning and I light incense and a candle. And if I can just get that in and I can have my healthy breakfast and my tea, then like that's going to be a great start to the day. I mean, there's so many added rituals and things, priming, um, other forms of meditation that you can like bring in. But as long as I just have some calming music in the morning with my incense and I'm having some health, a healthy shake to start the morning, like I'm, I'm winning. Like that's that's my non-negotiable.
1: What's your technique for priming?
0: Uh, I do Tony Robbins' priming. Uh, so he has an amazing video on YouTube. So if you Google, everybody's watching, like, Tony Robbins' priming. Uh, that's fantastic. I actually got to do it in person at the date with Destiny at the end of uh, 2019. Um, and, but he has an amazing video on YouTube that I think that is incredible and I actually led that at one of the big events that we did uh, this year for, for 30, 40 girls. So it was just unbelievable. So, yeah, Tony Robbins' priming video is unreal.
1: Wow. What book or books changed your mindset or life?
0: Uh, Power of the Positive Thinking. uh, Absolutely incredible book. Um, I think the one thing as well that really just like hones in of like, you know, I remember I do network marketing as well. So over the last eight years, I've been building a network marketing company. I'm building my app, my own fitness brand. And it's like knowing that doing one thing at a time because you can really execute that and you can really build that momentum. Uh, so I, that book has, was, was a game changer of, for, for me uh, and really just establishing like, where am I spending my time and what on? Because we think that we can multitask, but we actually lose time by multitasking because it takes our brain, you know, extra seconds to go back from one thing to another. So it is, even though women say, oh, we can multitask, it's that you better just do one thing at a time.
1: Nice. What's the most exciting question you spend time thinking about?
0: What do I want? I think the, the question that I, I, I have to come back and remind myself is what do I want? And I'm sure like loads of entrepreneurs can relate to this as well, because sometimes your boundaries, you don't know what your boundaries are, right? You're like, I'm, I'm trying to run everything. I'm trying to fit my family in, my, my friends, uh, you know, significant others. It's like, how can I fit that in? So the question that I have to keep reminding myself is like, what, what do I want? Like, what's important to me? And like, what do I need? Because so often I'm like, Oh, I can do everything. Right. And I can do everything in my business. Uh, but I need to be able to just take a step back and say, what, what do I need to focus on? What do I want for the future? Am I doing right now? What's going to help me get to where I want to be in six months time? Or am I just doing something that doesn't really, you know, make really move the needle on that. And I think being aware all the time, because entrepreneurs, you're like, Oh, I'm I'm doing a 10 hour day. Well, how much of that day are you on think time and are you on income producing activities? Because I'm sure so many entrepreneurs can go like, well, yeah, I was really busy today. Well, how many people did you talk to? How much of that, how much income do you actually bring in that day? Like you say you work 10 hours, but out of those 10 hours, like how much of the time was actually spent on income producing activity or thinking about vision for the future? So I constantly come back to that question about like, what is it that I want and am I doing? what i'm doing right now to help me get there
1: amazing and do you do any kind of scorecards or check-ins on that
0: um, I have, a I set myself up vision that for each month. Like I know like what I want to achieve by when. Um, so I do plan out the whole year. I probably like plan out like 90 days ahead of time. My schedule gets booked up like six weeks. And so I do always recap, like what are the things, what are the most important top three, five things that have to be done this month? Like what is time sensitive? What is going to move the needle? So I really do plan out my months to make sure that I am actually hitting the goals to help me get to where I want to be in a year's time, three years time, five years time.
1: Beautiful. And do you have any resources on that particular school of thinking that people could learn from?
0: Yes. This is how I plan everything. So I'll write like, for for me, the first part is like being creative. Like, okay, like what needs to be done like next month? Like what needs to be done over the next like 90 days? Okay. These are the ideas I have. Okay. I want a new product to come out. What does this look like? I want this new feature to be in. So I'll write down all of my ideas. Now this is where it mostly, for most people, they kind of get stuck because they wrote their ideas down and then they look back in 90 days. They're like, Oh, I had all these great ideas. So the next tip is to use Google Calendar. So I'm really organized person. So this is why I, I, my two favorite apps is Google Calendar and then the Things app, uh, which basically is like a to-do list app. And so I will actually put in all my vision, like what I want to create, I'll put that in Google Calendar. Like, when am I going to do it? Because if you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. Like you have all these ideas on the piece of paper and you're like, if you don't actually schedule, okay, I need to have two hours, you know, this day, to be able to create the idea or really just hone it in. And then I need to plan the two weeks after that. And that's when I'm going to start to reach out to people or or whatever it is that you need. So you've got to put it in your schedule. If it's it's just in a notebook, it's just an idea, it's the execution. Most people get lost up in the details and the vision. It's like, great, you had an idea, now you got to execute. And so I'll use Google Calendar um, to really just plan out when I'm going to execute those things. And then I'll use the Things app as like, Okay, making sure that the, the things that I have to do today are like are time sensitive. Like what is it today that I need to do just to keep that running list? And I love the Things app because if it's not time sensitive, you can move it to the next day. Um, but the, the little key is is if you have something that you need to do, you add it to your Things app, don't just keep putting it to the next day, put it in your Google Calendar of when you're gonna do that thing. You know, so I think that using those two tools and actually thinking about the execution is gonna be key and that's actually what's gonna move the needle and that's actually what's gonna create the vision and the life that you want rather than just having all these ideas, start to execute them and you can execute them by actually putting it in your Google Calendar when you're gonna do it.
1: Absolutely love that. I know before the show we talked about um, the Myers-Briggs test, the 16personalities.com. I'm even more curious to know um, what you are. I have a suspicion um, what your result's gonna be because that execution Part the organized plus execution part, plus actually being quite an well apparently an extrovert. That's quite a rare combination. So I, I'd be really interested to see what you come up. Maybe you can uh, follow up when you when you do that when you put it in your Things app and, uh, and tell me. But uh, that's a, that's a, an exciting thing. Does the Things app work on your computer as well or just on your phone?
0: I think I just use it on my phone. I'm not sure if it works on the computer, but yeah, I I absolutely love it and. You know, it just makes things like super easy. Like that's that's my things that right now they're the things I gotta do. Uh, But you know, we forget things, so it's like write it down rather than just in like a notebook. Like have things electronically. I used to write everything down in a uh, on on just a diary, but that can't connect with other people. Also holds other people accountable too. If you've got a meeting with somebody um, or if you need to schedule something, everybody can see you know what you're doing as well. Like I book in like personal stuff as well in there. Like everything is in the Google Calendar. If it's not in there. I don't know where I'm, where I am. Like literally my whole life is run through Google Calendar.
1: Love, love, love. What advice would you give your younger self?
0: Uh, Don't take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with. Uh, My mentor told me that eight years ago. And, you know, when I was growing up through my teens, I struggled with an eating disorder. I'm like 107 pounds right now. And I was 86 pounds at my lowest. So I was pretty tiny. And I I would just tell myself like, you're going to be okay. And don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with because, you know, I got bullied. Um, I don't have any friends apart from one person from, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, a level school that I went to. Um, and so I just think that, you know, sometimes you get so offended by what other people say. You, you take things so personally, you know, I used to take things so personally that it would like crush me for days. And so if I could just have that quote, like, don't take advice, from someone you wouldn't trade places with I think it would have saved me a lot of time and heartache
1: I think that's a powerful powerful quote um and uh, so I've I've got something similar which is basically like would you take other advice like it's a sort of uh, sort of rules of engagement like the person giving you advice it's sort of rules of engagement like would you trust them with your house keys whilst you went away like do you do you trust them as a person are they actually achieving more than you um at the thing that they're advising are they qualified to advise about the the, the thing they're talking about but i love that actually you you've got it succinct i've written it down don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with i think nails it way way faster So you've had some pretty impressive mentors or at least some quote heavy ones. Uh, But uh, that's really, really cool. What unusual or underrated food or drink should more people try out?
0: Oh, well, my favorite combo is Prosecco and truffle fries. So if you haven't had that together, that is my jam. Um, Obviously, I work in fitness, but I don't like to call things cheat meals because like you feel like you are cheating yourself, but everything is like in moderation. Uh, But my favorite combo is Prosecco and truffle fries.
1: Wow. What exactly are truffle fries?
0: So they're, well, okay, chips, right? Because I've called them fries now because I'm in America. I know it's, it's terrible. When I come back to England, like my best friend's like, oh, you sound a little bit American. I'm like, I've had to adapt because saying a bottle of water in America, they're like, what? Like seriously, bottle of water is the hardest thing. They do not understand. You have to go bottle of water. Um, but yeah, so basically chips with a little bit of like Parmesan cheese on top with truffle oil. Like it's a, it's a jam. And then you just wash it down with Coteco.
1: Pow! Yeah, of course you've got to wash it down. By the way, mirror is another word. It's just, um so a bottle of water is one that I've definitely had laughs with my American friends at the various masterminds and stuff, where it's like wa Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everyone from America listening, but mirror is the latest one that I've. I, I it's just like mirror really mm. i'll have to try that yeah. one out okay yeah just, oh just ask your friends ask your friends like just say what what is this and then like, yeah it's it it's true it's a true story again sorry those in the audience um i i've heard my fair share of bad british accents from our american friends as well where they try and uh, do it back so it's all good it's, it goes both ways and i can take it
0: it's banter
1: it's banter exactly pronouncing the t's banter exactly <laughs> Final final question, and probably the most important one, Rebecca, pause for effect. What makes you happiest?
0: Gratitude. That's when I feel the happiest, is when I just have a moment of gratitude, because especially as an entrepreneur, we are always looking about what's next. What is next? Like what, you know, what's the next big thing? I'm not up to this person, I'm comparing myself. And so I think happiness comes from a place of gratitude. So I don't think it is a specific thing you know, it's not a specific person. It's not a specific experience. I think that just being grateful for where you're at and knowing that your journey is your journey. Like you're going to get to play it out, like have fun playing out your life. You know, you're not meant to do what other people are doing. Like you're just playing out your, your game. It's like, there's a game. You're just playing out your journey. So uh, for me, like how do i get happy or what makes me happiest is like thinking about just like i'm so grateful for you know the the life that i get to live that i'm healthy and and that you know i've got my arms and legs working and that i get to go outside and feel the fresh air that i just think of like a million things that i feel like gratitude for and that honestly puts me in a happy space
1: and how do you bake gratitude into your into your day what what are the triggers how do you how do you approach that
0: Yeah. I mean, even in our app, we have a gratitude journal. It's electronic. So three things that you're grateful for in the morning. And then at the end of the day, you just recap and say three great things that happened that day. Like the smallest things And you just you just, it just wakes you up. Like we just go in this super, super crazy fast world. You know, I've been to like, eight different states in the last like two months like it feels like that rat race and you're like whoa like let's just slow down and not what have I not done but like just being grateful for those small moments you know being grateful for you know when your dog comes in the morning and gives you a cuddle like you know one of my chihuahuas he did that this morning and he's 13 years old and he kind of like keeps himself to himself so like when he gives me a cuddle I'm like oh come here I feel like it makes me feel good right makes you feel warm inside so I think just being aware of you know if you do get yourself into a state of running, 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 um, and you're, and you're comparing yourself to other people or you're, you're comparing yourself to your, your, you know, what you haven't done. It's like look back at last year, like look back at you six months ago, like you would have grown so much. Anybody in the entrepreneurial space, whether you feel like your business has gone up or down, you've learned something. That's what the business is all about. Entrepreneurs is all about just learning stuff and getting over your mistakes and figuring it out. And so have gratitude for the experiences you've had that are gonna help you get to where you wanna be.
1: Phenomenal and indeed compare leads to despair don't do that, but comparison with yourself as you're growing is actually a great place to start for, for gratitude. Nugget, golden nugget number 5,766 from this particular episode. Copyright, Rebecca Louise. Rebecca, you've nailed it. It's been absolutely amazing to say that your career and path has been varied is an understatement um i've had tremendous fun listening to how you got started with the fake bags and hearing all of the all of the different things you've experienced along the way all of the different things that you set your mind to achieved and then moved on achieved (laughs) moved on achieved to till you found your your calling and uh crushed at that as well best of lucks Best of luck. Best of luck at the American Influencer of the Year Award. I'm sure everybody in the in the audience will be rooting for you and be tuned in. But back to this moment and the gratitude for the episode that's just happened. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and, and, and a joy for you to come on and to hear your story with such energy. Uh, thank you for taking the time to share with us today.
0: No, thank you so much. I'm so excited and I'm just so blessed and honoured to be here. So thank you so much.
1: Hey there, you incredibly good-looking human. Thanks so much for listening. If you had a good time today and would like more good times in the future, please hit that subscribe button and leave a heartwarming review. I read them all and it will go a long way to help others out there benefit from all the teachings of this show. And if you want to get in touch or otherwise learn more about me, head to martincook.co.uk or smarterdestiny.com. I really appreciate you. You're an incredible human. Until next time... Keep crushing.